Hello, Ambush, and welcome to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. Here with me, your host, Colton G. And today on the show, we're joined by Neo Soul and R&B artist Justine Tyrell. As we we're going to be diving behind Justine's brand new debut EP while you were sleeping on the road that has led Justine to this moment from years of writing and crafting and building her sound into finally deciding that, you know what, nothing is perfect. So it's now time to put my voice out inside of the world. We're going to talk about who helped her to bring while you were sleeping to life, what the recording process was like. Are these songs from those years of writing or are these new songs that are a little more current to who Justine is now? We're going to talk about some of the tracks off of this album like a worthy and a worrying signs and even the incredibly powerful music video for a worthy we're gonna discuss justine's time as the official anthem singer for the calgary stampeders of the canadian football league we're gonna talk about just a what Justine has coming on in the future as well. All of this and oh so much more. Today's episode of the DTP and it is all brought to you by DesertTigerMerch.com where you go to copy yourself something to represent and support the show everywhere you go. And now that you know who this episode is brought to you by, now that you know who our guest is, it's about time that Justine Tyrell told you a little bit about herself. Let's go. The Desert Tiger Podcast. Hello, hello. How are you? There we go. All right. I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good. I cannot complain. It is a beautiful day in Calgary. We've had these weird bouts of snow and rain in May. So I was, I've just been over it. So today is nice. I'll take it. Oh, so you've been getting some of our BC weather heading your way. Then. Actually, I have you to thank for that. Just kidding. <laughs> How are things going for you? Oh, things are fantastic. It's um, here in BC. Beautiful day as well. Very nice and sunny outside, as you might be able to see from the curtain there. But <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, no, just been having a nice day. Ate lunch not too long ago and then got ready for this. Got my notes in order. And here we are. Craft ready. We're here. Amazing. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to our chat. No worries. Thank you for joining me. It's always a pleasure to meet new artists who are out there chasing their dreams. Yes. All right. All right. And we're here to dive behind some of those dreams and how they have led you to this debut EP. Yes. So thrilled. Yes. Fantastic. Are you ready to jump on into things? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay. Well. Uh, of course, I want to set a little bit of a foundation for our listener here. So with, with all journeys, there has to be a start. There has to be a decision to start. So 
Where does that come for a younger Justine? Yes. So younger Justine started writing music around seven. I wrote my first song at seven. And I think when I first did it, I didn't necessarily think about doing it as far as this was going to be my career right in that moment. It was mostly just that was the most natural way for me to express myself. You know, and I felt like my friends were doing diaries and journals and all those types of things. And for me, it was just always songwriting and singing. But I'd say it was pretty shortly after that, probably in the maybe ages eight, nine, 10, that I really started to feel like, okay, this is something that I want to do. Um, you know, I'd sing around the house. My parents were like, hey, she's not awful. We should put her, probably put her in lessons. Um, and so kind of from around that 10 onwards, I started really, really trying to, um, I guess, line up everything that I did to be able to be a singer. So it was early on, early on. All right. So you knew that this was the goal from a young age then. Okay. Okay. So at what point do you begin then to put the exact wheel in motion? Because of course you, you mentioned going to school, but there's quite a bit of a process to actually recording and releasing one's music and quite a process of learning. So how did you go about that? Yeah. Well, first of all, you hit the nail on the head. It is such a process. Um, I kind of, so when I was maybe I think 16 or 17, I did Canadian Idol. And that was kind of when I really got into the mindset of like, okay, like this is what I'm doing. I'm going for the top. Um, I was humbled very quickly because I only made it through, I think four rounds <laughs> and had, like my heart ripped out of me. So that was the worst. Um, but from there, I think I took maybe a few months to kind of step back and think like, okay, well, what is it that I actually need to work on? Cause exactly what you said there is a process to it. And it's not as simple as just, okay, I know I can sing. I know I can write. <laughs> We're good to go. So I spent a lot of time developing my writing. Um, I actually did record a couple projects before this one that I released, but it took a while to settle into kind of the project that felt the most me, you know, cause I, I feel like with music and with anything, you sort of have to trial and error it and see what fits best. Um, so I did that for, for a few years and, um, I'd say it was mostly in the past kind of like four, three, four years that I've really honed my craft and, and been able to release the CP that I'm really proud of. So I feel like the short answer to your question is I started putting the wheels in motion around set, kind of that 17 years old, uh, space, but it took me a long time just to get it dialed in and I'm still getting it dialed in. Well, it's uh, it's what they say is everyone thinks that the overnight success is this big thing. And it's like most people will tell you it's like uh, Lionel Messi from the soccer player is like it took me 17 years to be an overnight success. That's exactly it. I, I, I love that you said that because we do see exactly that where we're like, wow, that person came out of nowhere. And it says, well, maybe they came out of nowhere to us. But exactly that. There's 17 years behind them, 10 years behind them. Like I'd say really the past 10 years is when I started, I could say kind of performing professionally. And so to now really feel like people are starting to get to know what I do. I'm like, it's an overnight 10 years for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So you mentioned that you spent a little bit of time finding your sound. You were featured on a few other various tracks as a guest singer you even did some writing for tv and film in that time which is kind of like a different path so how did you end up doing that 
That is such a good question. I think I kind of stumbled into it. I I was doing a, a separate project with somebody who had ties to Netflix and um, just different avenues in TV and film. And he basically said, it's funny because he called me up the night before the song was due. And he was like, we've got this song. <laughs> We're supposed to have it in a movie. <laughs> we it's a, it's a bigger movie. It's in theater or it's going to theaters. Um, but he said, what we have right now just isn't working. Do you want to take a listen and, and see if it, if it fits? And at that point I had never, I would pitched for TV and film, but I'd never landed any. Uh, yeah. So I recorded this really janky voice note. Wasn't too sure if it was going <laughs> to, it was going to hit the mark, but I sent it his way. And he's like, this is great. We're sending it off to, I want to say LA or wherever they sent it to tomorrow. And and that's that. So it was kind of just a matter of knowing the right person. He had the song. I kind of had the right touch to finish it up. And it just organically went there. So, and, and it's, it's crazy because TV and film can be such an elusive sector to get into. So I feel lucky that in, in, at that time, I kind of just, I really stumbled into it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very lucky. Very lucky for sure. Okay. so. Before you start to begin to release the singles for this EP and otherwise, you release a standalone single with Hopes Up. So what was it like to, after probably taking quite a bit of time, quite a bit of songwriting and everything else, to finally release that piece of yourself? Yeah, it was, it was, I don't know if scary is the right word, but I kind of talk about this all the time of how I'm definitely a perfectionist to the point where sometimes, you know, sometimes I struggle to just let the music get into the world. And so initially my plan was to release hopes up and then to just continue to release music regularly after that. And I kind of found myself in a space where everything I wrote, I just was holding onto it. And I'd say, you know what, it's not good enough. It's not, it's not the song. It doesn't represent what I'm trying to say. And so that did lead to kind of developing my craft behind closed doors for a while. Um, so to release this felt kind of scary because I was like, this is stuff that I've been hermiting and working on. And now I'm, I'm going to share it with people. But it feels, it feels so good. And it feels like I conquered a little bit of myself, that perfectionist part of myself that holds on to my music and doesn't let me release it. Um, but it feels good. It felt strange to try to figure out how to navigate a release during a global pandemic (laughs) but but even that like the whole process of making the record and writing it recording it releasing it I still felt really supported because we had a lot of grant support behind us um, a lot of different creative agencies behind us so yeah it was it was scary it was fun it was it was exhilarating it was trying to put the perfectionist to sleep some days it was all the things Mm-hmm. Well, it's it is all the time. We can definitely be our worst enemies, and especially as artists, when it's where people who are putting things together, it's well, we can craft something, and we can have like twenty different people like tell us it's like, oh, this is this is great, this is a hit, like you should definitely put this out, and then it's like you're sitting there like I don't know. That's exactly it. It is totally that feeling, and I felt like part of what helped me work through that is exactly what you just described where you get the input of other artists. It, for me, it was when I was on the flip side of that, when other artists were coming to me for input and kind of having that same, you know, I don't know, I don't love it. It's not great. 
And I listened to it and I'm thinking, are you kidding me? And these, you know, and, and the caliber of artists and what they're showing me. And I'm, I'm thinking, there's part of you that doubts this. I wish, I wish that for a second, you can see yourself the way that I see you. And then it was through that thinking that I started to think, oh, <laughs> I, I finally understand when they're trying to say that to me, I get it. So you're right. It is something as an artist, I think we have that veil that we can't always see, I guess, the truth. And, and part of me is a little bit grateful for it because it kind of motivates me to keep, you know, chasing more and better. And, and it, it, it can be motivating, but yeah, it is, it is quite the dragon to tame when you're an artist. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially when you're just starting to get yourself out into the world. And I want to dive a little bit more into, of course, the creation process of this album. So as we mentioned, you had been writing songs for quite a few years. So when it comes to while you were sleeping, were these songs that you had crafted over time or these songs that you crafted during the pandemic? How did it all come together? Good question. So these songs, essentially none of them existed before the pandemic, which is completely not the way that (laughs) I would have imagined that I was going to do my first body of work. I did think, especially being of that perfectionist mindset, that I would have these songs that I've worked on for three, four, five years that I'm finally pulling together. But it so wasn't that. It was a very, I felt a very spontaneous energy when I was making it. Um, my co-collaborators and my producers, they also kind of felt the same thing. And we thought, you know, let's spend some decent time on pre-production and getting to know the vibe that we're going for. Let's talk about the subject matter. So there definitely was that planned element to starting it. But then we kind of said, let's just, let's just sit down and write. And the other thing is too, is I felt like some of the stuff that I had created years ago, I felt like I outgrew that. You know, and I feel like as artists, we also go through that all the time where you've got this song and you're like, okay, in, in, in two years, this is going to be the one. And then you listen back and you think I've grown so much from then. Right. So it was, I felt the only way that I could put out something that felt authentically current is for it to be authentically current. And so, you know, we had that roadmap, but other than that, we wrote all of these songs during the pandemic. You know, we, we, got together when we could. Sometimes it was a matter of I'm starting stuff at home, like on my piano or going through loops. And then I send voice notes to the producers and we're sending ideas back and forth. So it was very, very, uh, very spontaneous, very fast moving, but none of it existed before the pandemic, not a single song. Okay. Wow. And it was all recorded there in Calgary. Yes. Yeah. All recorded here in Calgary. Okay. So who helped to bring, helped you to bring it to life? I like to call them wizards. Uh, <laughs> so two of my best, best buddies, so uh, Matthew Zodeman and Timothonius, both of them are my producers. Timothonius is also my piano player. And so it's great because him and I have that chemistry on stage where we've been performing together live for years. And so to create this, this record together, I also think I was a bit spoiled because I had someone who knows my sound, my vibe, my styles, the keys that I like to sing in, the tempos that I like to sing in. And then similar thing with Matt, he did Hopes Up as well. And I've got a few years of history with him artistically, and we all are just so locked in that I kind of wonder if I wasn't working with them, if I would have been able to move through this as quickly and as organically as I did. And I I honestly don't think I could. 
So they were definitely two main pillars. And then we worked with another amazing artist out here. Um, she's a pop artist. She's platinum. She's incredible. Uh, Jocelyn Alice. So she co-wrote, yeah, she co-wrote uh, You'll Miss Me. And then she came into the studio and did vocal production and she just like took it to the next level. So between those three, they, they just absolutely made this project possible. Wow. All right. Alberta born and raised. Yes. Through and through. That's what's up. That's what's up. Got to support the home team. Right. And it's always, it's always good to have people who also understand your sound well enough that it makes it easier for you so that you can spend more time concentrating on the lyrics and your projection and how you tell this story. Right. Yes. That's such, that's such an important part of it because I think even in the finding my sound stage and figuring out the type of music that I wanted to put out there. You, you go through different producers and different collaborators and different bandmates, but there really is a magic when you surround yourself with people who understand you. And so exactly what you said, I wasn't stressed about how the production would turn out. You know, I would know that if it's Sunday night and I come up with this crazy idea at one in the morning, I can send a voice note to the guys and Monday afternoon, or Tuesday afternoon when I get to the studio, there'll be a phenomenal idea because they just get it. So yeah, you're right. It, it lets you just focus on the lyrics and the delivery and you're not trying to micromanage anything else. So nice. So nice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's dive into some of the lyrics, some of these songs. So of course, our first taste of While You Were Sleeping came with your track, Worthy which definitely has a a powerful message, I feel, behind it. So take us behind what Worthy means to you. Yes, that song will always be like kind of my baby. It's the OG. Um, When I wrote that, it it was partly coming from the context of a relationship, which a lot of these songs are. I feel like this is, for some reason, I struggle to write just happy go lucky, like love songs that play out perfectly and everyone is happy. I feel like I write the type of stuff that I would journal about or that I, you know, make a diary entry out of it, that I'd sit and try to sort my thoughts out um, over. And so Worthy was no different. So had that relationship element, both past experiences that were personal. I also had some people that were close to me going through some of their own stuff in a relationship at the time. So I felt I kind of absorbed bits and pieces of that. And then the last element for me was this was also in the height of everything with George Floyd had just happened and the conversations surrounding BLM were just starting to kind of come up again, which I was so grateful for. But at the same time, I felt a lot of just pain and I felt a lot of confusion on how can I best give my voice to this? You know, yeah, I would talk about my experiences with racism. You know, I think a lot of people in the black community were trying to educate others on this is really what's happening when it comes to racism in our city. And we're doing that side of it. And then I'm writing this music and I'm thinking, how, how can I somehow do something of value with my art in that too? And so I thought, what would be a message that I would want to hear right now? And for me, it was the message is I want to hear that I'm worthy. I want to hear that I'm deserving. I want to hear that I'm loved. I want to hear that I'm perfect in my own skin as I am. Right. And so I thought, if that's what I want to hear, I should just create it. And if, it, if it's a bit of an open letter to me, then hopefully it can be an open letter to someone else. So yeah, it was definitely the relationship and all those types of things, but the underlying context was just feeling good and worthy in your own skin. 
and particularly at the time as a person of color to be able to rise up the narrative that was happening and and showcase ourselves and say no like we are valuable we are worthy we are valid so that more so uh, played into the visuals and the videos and and the photos and everything behind it so yes that is my spiel unworthy i love that song i love everything behind it Definitely a very powerful music video as well, and definitely goes to touch on exactly that sort of the Black experience as well with pretty much all, all of the people in the video being from that background, that experience. Exactly. Exactly. Very beautiful. Very, very beautiful. Thank you. Hey, it's uh, you, you try got to try to make a difference in the world with your art, right? Yeah. And just and, and the thing is, too, is doing what just feels authentic, you know, because I know surrounding that, I don't claim to be an activist. I'm not, I'm not great with that stuff. There are people who are so good at that and who fight every day and who are feeling the pain and the heaviness of that every single day. And I think for me, it was just, what can I offer from my own perspective and my lens of experience? So yeah, that was just kind of like my little bit of, this is just me and what I, what I can offer. Fantastic. Fantastic. And I hope that it has gone on to help someone. And I'm pretty sure that it probably has. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Let's dive into another one of the tracks off of While You Were Sleeping Here. I want to talk about the most recent single now, which is A Warning Signs, which definitely seems to be a lot more of, of once again, that relationship vibe. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. So warning signs was, you know, it's all about when you recognize that someone probably has some red flags from early on in a relationship or getting to know them and, you know, human nature kicks in and you're like, ah, it's fine. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Or in my case, I had always been a fixer. So I'd see something that didn't quite sit right, but I thought, you know what, I can fix it or I can help or, you know, whatever we tell ourselves. So that song was definitely um, some personal experience in there for sure. Um, A little bit of kind of, again, pulling what friends have went through and and these conversations we've had of just all these, all these men that did us dirty, honestly, that just really, it's really, really weren't, weren't the greatest. Um, But in particular, more so for the second verse, there was kind of one situation that I had in mind and to spare you all the gory details, the foundation of it is. I was dating this guy and it was maybe like three or four months in or something like that. And uh, I had moved away from Calgary for school, come home to Calgary one weekend. And I'm chatting with one of my girlfriends and we're catching up over a drink. And she says, you know, are you dating anybody or whatever? And so we get talking about it and we realize the guy we're dating has the same name. We're like, oh, that's hilarious. Like she goes, we would like, what are the odds? Of course we would, you know? And then you just see that moment where like her face changes. And she goes, oh, is his last name so-and-so? And And it was. And so we realized that we were dating the same guy. And uh, yeah. So I I always bring up the line, should have trust the feeling when you left for the weekend? Because he'd go back to Calgary and I'd get this really strange feeling. And and behold, he uh, had two girlfriends and one was my friend. Well, I mean, um, I, I, he probably should have done his research a little bit better. And like now that you were friends at the very least, like, come on. Right. I know. I'm like, you, you can't script that. Like you could not, you could not have scripted that. It was insane. So I look back now and I laugh. 
obviously. Oh, wow. Yes, definitely some warning signs for sure. Then. All the war. Oh, man. I, I feel like he was a giant warning sign, like just a walking warning sign. And I was like, eh, sure. Just flashing lights. Flashing. <laughs> totally. Yeah, 100%. Dang it. Why am I attracted to bright things now? Seriously. The moth to the flame. <laughs> Literally. Describing my life experience. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, we're over that phase now, so we're, we're good now. But yeah, it was a phase. Live and learn, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. Awesome. So, of course, this album, this debut EP came out last month here in April. So what is it like to finally have it out into the world and... What, where do you go from here? Is there still some more things that you need to do, some more music videos or otherwise for this album? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question. It kind of, I feel like mostly when I was younger, I had this notion that once you release the album or the EP or the project, like that, that's the hard work done. You know, you you wrote the songs, recorded it, did all your promo, like easy. Now it's out. It is so the opposite. (laughs) So now that it's out, we do have, we're trying to get together a, a bigger music video for Warning Signs. It's been challenging, obviously, given COVID and the new, the new lockdown situation in Alberta right now. So that's kind of the next, the next up. Um, and then from there, really, I'm back in the studio this week. So we're just going to continue to write and record. Um, we have a few other songs that didn't make the EP, so we might do a bit of a mixtape and release kind of some of the other songs that would have been on the EP or maybe a B-side to it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just more music videos. I've been um, doing some talk series behind the songs and kind of similar to the stuff that we're doing and sharing that with fans. So yeah, the what next is kind of like, now that it's out, you just sort of keep pushing it. A few more visuals. Um, we're also curating a live, I shouldn't say live, it's going to be a streamed, a live stream show. Um, in a couple months as well. So we'll be working on that. It feels so weird to say live. I'm like, don't lie. It's not live. Not live in person. So live to tape, right? Exactly. Yeah. Live to tape. That's a thing. That's a thing. Exactly. Totally. For sure. All right. All right. So for some of our listeners who maybe might not know, maybe from the Calgary area, if they've been to a Stampeders game, they've heard you sing before. That is a true story. Um, I've been singing the anthem for the stamps for, I think that this would be my fifth year now doing it. And um, yeah, that, that has been a crazy experience because when I started doing that, I actually had stage fright, which is wildly inconvenient uh, when you're in front of 30,000 people. But I think that has been such a, such an incredible way to work through that and just obviously get more comfortable singing in front of larger crowds about to think on my feet. I don't, I mean, for people who have been in Calgary, maybe you've been at a, at a game where the mic has, has cut out and just all kinds of things happen. Like life happens. Right. So yeah, it's, it's been such a fun experience and a great experience, but it's also helped me, I think, just grow personally with just live shows and big crowds. And it's been really cool. I feel really lucky to do that. Given you some experiences that you can take back into your live show for definitely when you're rocking the house, given this EP, once you can finally get back into doing the live scene. Yes. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. 
Same here. Hopefully, hopefully one day I can be in one of those crowds checking out the yes, show. Yes, I would love that. Hopefully it's it's coming soon. I have a good feeling. I feel like we're we're heading in a good direction. So I think I think it'll be sooner than later. I think so too. Right? We're hopeful. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. All right, Justine. I have had a blast chatting so far. I have a one last question. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, we're going to be diving a little bit into you because we've discussed this growth as a musician. So over these last four years that you've been crafting your sound, building yourself, and then finally getting to this new EP, how has it helped you grow as a person or what has it taught you about yourself? I love that question. Okay, I'm going to bring it back to the perfectionism element, because that I think was the biggest gift as a person that this project and even just the past couple of years have brought me. I, I, I don't know if I made this up or maybe I heard it somewhere, but it's a term that I'm using. Um, and I say to myself, part with the art, you know, because that, that's that constant reminder that I feel like I need. And just realizing too, that nothing will ever be perfect. And that totally defeats the point of being an artist and making art. And yeah, I think the greatest gift and the biggest growth in myself has just been getting to that space where I make something, I'm proud of it, let it go and let it live with other people. You know, let it be a song that reminds them of that relationship that they needed to get out of or that time in their life when they're really happy or whatever it is, but part with the art. So I I think that's been my, my biggest lesson and my biggest gift. Awesome. Awesome. Going back to that idea of sometimes we can be our worst enemy, but it's got to, sometimes we got to get out of the way and just let ourselves get out into the world. That's it. Get out. Yeah. Get out of our own way. I love that. I love that. And I think obviously I've had a tendency to do that. And I think a lot of artists do, and we try to on social media and we, all the places we put on this front that we have it all figured out and that we're always confident hundred percent of the time. And I'm like, you know what, let's, let's normalizing having to get out of our own way. Let's normalizing having to work through tricky things as an artist. It's a really beautiful thing. Absolutely. It's very, very beautiful. And I feel like we've had a beautiful conversation here today and I am so thankful for it. So thank you, Justine, for joining me here on the Desert Tiger podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I had such, such a great time. Oh, Ambush, I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Justine Tyrell as we dove behind her debut EP while you were sleeping. You best, you best not sleep on this EP because you can find it right now on your favorite streaming service justine also told you there's gonna be more music coming in the future so when you're there you're gonna want to go ahead and hit follow maybe even follow justine over on social media as well to stay up to date and with that it's now time to give justine tyrell a final roaring dtb thank you for joining us here on today's episode of the show. I need to thank Carrie from over at Bad Parade for setting this conversation up. I need to thank German 
from your podcast editor.com for making everything sound so good. And I need to thank you, the ambush, for tuning on into this episode of the DTB. If you've yet to join up with the AM, what are you doing? It's so easy. It's as easy as hitting the subscribe button on your favorite podcast listening app or service. You know, the one you're using right now. You can also help the show grow by giving us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher Radio. You can share this episode with your friends, your family, on your social media. You can head on over to DesertTigerMerch.com to cop yourself something to represent the show. Oh, and with that, it's about time that we say our bye-byes here, but not before I tell you to go out and find your passion, the thing that makes your heart want to jump out of your chest, makes you want to jump out of your seat, your roar. Find your roar and then let it out into the world and show them just how powerful, how wondrous, how beautiful you and your roar are because you are all three of these things and more. And I hope you believe that. And until next time, bye-bye, Am. The Desert Tiger Podcast.